All right, let's get to work. We got some work to do. So um, uh, sit back. No, you have to stand. You haven't done this in a little while. If you're new to this church, you haven't done this in a little while. But we stand up to read the word of the Lord, okay? So I want everybody, if you don't mind, to stand up and let's read the word of the Lord. Touch your neighbor just on the side. Don't slap him. Just touch him <laughs> on the side. And say so we read the word because we want to make That's right. Here's why we read it. Because we want to make sure that everybody read the word at least once a week. In church. <laughs> Here we go. Come on. Uh, Daniel chapter 1. Let's pick it up in verse number 4. Daniel chapter 1 verse 4. Let's all read together the word of the Lord. Everybody, come on. Let's read together. Youths in whom was no defect, who were good looking, showing intelligence, And discerning knowledge, and who next? Sorry, here we go. The king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be. Three years, and the end of which they were to enter. Let me give you a little context for this. So what uh, Babylon is trying to do is they're trying to indoctrinate them and let them think about the world the way they think about the world. It's going to take them three years to do it. What happened is they took them out of uh, Israel and brought them about 800 miles to Babylon. What's their goal? They want them to reject Yahweh as their God and now embrace Nebuchadnezzar as their God so that they can look to him and not look to Yahweh as their source. That's what they're trying to do. By the way, let me help you out. If you don't realize it, that nobody has moved us out to Babylon. Babylon has come to us. Let me help you define what Babylon is. Babylon is a system that opposes God. The problem today is that Babylon is no longer a territory. Babylon is now a screen. It's now called Digital Babylon. And Digital Babylon's goal, it has one goal, to make sure you question God and to make sure ultimately you reject God. Oh, it's going to make sense today. You might not shout, but you're going to learn. <laughs> Here we go. Come on, come on, come on. By the way, the devil, the devil messes with my voice. Hold on. I be, I be singing so loud in worship sometimes that every now and again something gets stuck down there. Anyways, let's go. One more. Let's go. Next verse. Next verse. Verse number six. Ooh, here we go now. Watch the word of God. Read it with me slowly. Now among them... From the sons of Judah were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I want you to watch the endings of all of these names. Danny, what's the last two letters? L. A reference to Yahweh God. What's the next one? Hananiah. I-A-H. A reference to Yahweh God. What's the next name? Mishael. 
E-L, a reference to God. Azariah, a reference to God. In other words, they, they, they weren't guessing about their identity. Oh, they knew who they were and they knew whose they were. It was in their name. Now watch it. Nebuchadnezzar had a plan to, to indoctrinate them. But ain't it like God to always have a plan too? That's, I know what you're up to. But I'm going I'm going, I'm going to place a mole in your system. And this mole's job is to make sure at the end of the day, you come to faith. Nebuchadnezzar, you can do anything you want to him. But you need to know at the end of this story, at the end of it, you're going to come to faith and you're going to accept me. So I don't care what situation you find yourself in today. Here's what God says. I want you to go into whatever situation. I don't care how bad they treat you in there. I want you to know that God says, I'm going to place you in there, not for them to change you, but for you to change them. Yeah. Next verse. Watch the text. It gets better. Then the commander of the officials assigned new names. What are they trying to do? What, no, no, hold on. What are they trying to do? They're trying to change their names to change their identities. Does that sound like TikTok? I don't want nobody to shut us down today, by the way. But, but, but does, doesn't it sound like some of these social media venues who once you hear something you like, they just start feeding you with it. So before you know it, you wonder if you're a man or a girl. Somebody going to get mad today. Uh -huh. The last two months you've been yelling and screaming and running laps, I heard. Oh, Lord, have mercy now. Somebody going to walk out on me today. Because we wonder if we're a pronoun and which pronoun we are. All because of this screen right here. All because of this screen. And this screen has been discipling us. And we don't even know it. They have been indoctrinating us and we don't even know it. The same thing Babylon did through Nebuchadnezzar. This screen is doing to us. Here we go. Let's pick it up. So what did they do? The commander of the official assigned new names to them. Read them now. Watch it now. And to Daniel, he assigned the name. What does that mean? It means the prince to the God. Their God. Not Yahweh. Their God. What's the text? To, to Hananiah, Shadrach. Every last one of these names now identifies a God in Babylon. So now they're trying to change their identity so they don't know who they are so that they can embrace Babylon's identity so that Babylon is against God and they want them every time somebody calls their names to know that's not, that's who you were. That's not who you are now. You are now a servant of a Babylonian God. What do you think these phones are trying to let you do? They want you to scroll and to swipe <laughs> Tinder. And they want, here, here's why. Because they want, here's what they want. They want you to be your own God. 
Because they want you to have an elective, they want your identity to be whatever you want it to be, not what God said it was. Ah, my old pastor would say, it's tight, but it's right. Pastor Matt, tell them don't egg me on, I'll go along. That's why they were in the parking lot for so long, man. Help them out. Next verse. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Number eight. Here we go now. Watch it now. Watch it now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Contrast. But. No, 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 no. Don't read it yet. But God had a plan. Because God had a dude that he's so, he's only 15 years old. But his identity was so secure. That he, he, he didn't care if he had, if he had one like. You could have one million like. If he had one like, he was secure in who he was. He didn't feel hurt because nobody liked his post. He didn't feel like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not a nice guy anymore. Nobody loves me because nobody liked his post. He said, I don't care if none of y'all like me. As long as I have one like, and that is Yahweh God, I'm good. Lord have mercy. But Daniel ah, made up his mind. There it is. Stop right there. There it is. There it is. There it is. Half of y'all haven't made up your mind yet. That's the problem. You still, you still seeing how many people like it before you go in the direction of the majority of people that like it. You have not made up your mind yet in your organization. Because you're still worried about the promotion like it is your bosses who determine who gets the promotion. But Daniel made up his mind. He says, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, you do what you do, but you don't determine whether I rise or I fall. Yahweh does. And since he does, anything you ask me to do that violates him, I ain't doing it. You change my name, that don't violate him. You change my location, that don't violate him. You mess with my friends, that still don't violate him. But you ask me to eat food that you serve to your gods? No, sir, that violates the Levitical law, so I can't do that. No, if you're going to kill me, kill me, but I can't do that. Because I still got to honor my God because I pledge allegiance to one person and that is, that is Yahweh God. He continues. Made up in his mind. <clears throat> oh, Lord. Some of y'all, I haven't even made up your mind whether you're going to go to the club or not. You're still struggling about it. <clears throat> but now the club has come to your phone. You don't want me to tell you the truth, don't you? You don't, have to the club, you don't have to go to the club anymore and see somebody twerk. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah. let's go that he would not himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank so he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might 
Now, there are two things that you have to understand about this passage that are huge. They're not, they're not overt in the passage. Number one, you have to realize this word. Say this word with me. And here's it down here again. So when Daniel was making his argument, he wasn't just trying to be all professional. No, defile means it's a spiritual language. So the official knew, my God, say I can't do that. So it's going to, so he was like, hey guys, would you mind if, is it okay? You know, I just don't like that kind of food. I get allergic to, he didn't lie nor make up no excuse. He said, this is a spiritual decision. So can you help me? And by the way, I got the favor of God. So I know ultimately you're going to have to do it. And by the way, listen, watch it now. Another historical deal that you need to know. What was cool back in the day, what made you look good is not when you were skinny and didn't have no flesh on you. The bigger you are, the more blessed you were. I need to call them seasons back. Hallelujah. <laughs> call them back in the name of Jesus. <laughs> the skinnier you were, the more impoverished you were. I know somebody claiming that in the name of Jesus. You've been working out a long time and it ain't shedding. I'm just going to claim the bigger you are, the more blessed you are. There's more of me to love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, I know you're ready to sit down. I'm sorry. Pastor might I get excited when, when I'm back. All right, hold on. Second one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Watch this one. Watch this one. Watch this one. Um, um, what's important to understand is that when it says the commander of the officials that worked in the king's palace, it really, it really, undertoning this whole concept is a commander of eunuchs. And some of your translation says it. The eunuch, which means all of these guys didn't have the right tooling. That's right, that's right. This is important, then I'll let you sit down. Yeah. What that means then is the king was old. So since the king old, he didn't want nobody messing with his harem, all his women. So then to make sure ain't nobody messing with them, they couldn't serve in there unless they were clip, clip. You, and I'm not talking circumcision. <laughs> ain't nobody talking circumcision. That's just a part. Let's stop. Let's move on. Um, 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 so, so, so here's what, that's why you don't hear of Daniel having a family. So what you and I love to do is just think, oh my gosh, Daniel is so cool. The problem with us sometimes is that we think being a Christian don't include suffering and sacrifice. But Daniel was so resolute in his mind. That it didn't, God sent me on assignment to talk to you about him, Nebuchadnezzar. So whatever you got to do to me, you can do it because I'm on assignment from God. You may be seated in the house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the sermon will begin. <laughs> Heavenly Father, lead us now, we pray. And guide us in your son's name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Here's my concern, ladies and gentlemen. Um, without knowing it, over and over and over again, every single day, many of us take hour after hour after hour and pour it into the screens that we watch. Each one of these boxes represent 100 hours that we pour into our screens. And before you know it, in a year, we're spending 
27, more than 2,700 hours looking at a screen. And the screen is discipling us so much so that we expose ourselves to it. And digital Babylon, the concept and the system that is opposed to God, has now been let into your house through movies, social media, your friends, through the telephone, through the, through the cell phone that you have in your hand. This is the amount of non-spiritual insight that we get from our cell phones annually. That's the amount of spiritual insight you get. Without realizing it, the enemy has masterfully used our phones as a tool against us. And we don't even realize it. Spiritual insight, spiritual information, 153 hours in a year. Other content, non-spiritual, 27 2,700 hours in a year. The question you have to ask is, have I allowed digital Babylon in my home without realizing the impact it has had on my life and my kids' life? My goal today is simple. I want to raise your awareness in realizing the danger of this one tool and the screens we watch which is why we need to make sure we are limiting it and limiting it and increasing this one. So you have more word intake into your life and less pagan intake into, you know what, y'all looking at me like I have lost my mind. So let me help you out since some of you don't realize it. No joke, this is a true story Pastor Matt sent to me the other day. Here's what she says. She says, I heard this young lady talking about TikTok. That's what she says. She says, I just want to thank TikTok. Because they've changed the trajectory of my life. I didn't even know who I was. And because of TikTok, I know, no, and I am secure in who I am. And I'm just so grateful for how TikTok has changed my very being. This is not something I'm making up. This is actually, and I could I'd play it for you, but they'd shut us down if I did. So, so, you can't, so you can't hear it, you just have to trust me. But I'm telling you, it's changing kids' lives. It's transforming them. And it's coming to a house near you. If it's not there already. So ladies and gentlemen, all I'm telling you is your, your sense of awareness must be at its highest point. You didn't experience what your kids experiencing. You had no, you didn't have to go through this kind of external pressure. There has never been a generation that has not taught the upcoming generation how to handle issues when they come up. Never been. There's one now. Which is why when something come up in your house like, um, 
Um, your kids ask you questions like, hey, mom, hey, dad, how could, how could a God hear eight billion prayers all at the same time and then answer them all at, that don't make no sense. And you're washing, you're washing some clothes or you're folding some clothes or you're, you're, um, you're, um, you're working on something in the kitchen and, and here's what you can't do anymore. You can't say, oh, yeah, because the Bible says, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God. That's why I believe it, and that's why you should believe it. You can say that, but here's what they're going to do. They're going to go to the best counselor they know, Google. And, 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 and Pastor Google is going to say, well, that's not really scientifically correct. And you've just lost your kid. Because you didn't have the, t you didn't, you didn't seize the moment of the question that was asked. You better make that a table talk conversation and let's talk about what that means and let's talk about why. Here's another one. When they come with doubts, you better not, you better not banish them. We have to create safe places of doubt or else they're going to find answers and people are dying to give them answers. Ladies and gentlemen, red alert. This is not a small one. We're losing kids daily. 70% of high school kids say they walk away from the church and this is people who have mom and dad and they are trying to help their kids grow up in Christ. They walk away and say, I'm done. Part of that reason is because of the perfect storm. Number one, you have parents that are too busy to parent their kids. No, I didn't say you were too busy to take them to a football game or a soccer game or a volleyball game or a swim competition or a tennis game. I didn't say that. I said you're too busy to parent them. So now, guess who's parenting them? The screens. So now that's one purpose. There's the second purpose is the church ignores them. That's why most churches don't have a, a thing for young adults. That's why about a month ago we hired a young adult pastor because we're waging war against the kingdom of darkness in this area. So anybody 18 to 30, I don't care where you are, we serving, no, we coming after you. Because we're not sitting on the sideline anymore hoping you know the truth. You can't. You're going to lose a whole generation unless we do it. And then the third one was this idea of the perfect storm. Third, third aspect was this thing called digital Babylon. You don't have to go anywhere. Amen. It came to them. You can try and protect your little kids and your little princesses and your little prince. And you can just, no, we're not watching them. You're not getting a cell phone until you're 24. You can say all that you want. <laughs> Their friends have phones. They got to get on the computer to do homework. And the goal is not, the goal is not to take them out. The goal is to prepare them to go in. Because Daniel is 15. And he's going into the center of it all. You see, back in the day, watch this. Back in the day, you would have never, ever, 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 ever in your good life have said that all you're going to do, this is a big old block of cheese. Y'all can see this? Y'all don't even know nothing about them cheese, you see? You weren't broke enough to know government cheese. You see that? You see, y'all so sedity. You didn't know none of that. You didn't know none of that back in the day. You didn't know it. So anyways, 
So watch it now. So you would have never said back in the day, you know what? I'm going to, this is what you'll say. I'm going to give television a little part of my day. So I'm going to give television 30 minutes, and you're going to say, here you go, television, 30 minutes, and you gave it, and say, all right, that's enough. Back in the day, that's back in the day. Then you'll say, you know what? My friend's going to play. I give them another, another 50 minutes, and let me have fun with them, and let's go. If you got some crackers afterwards, you can get some cheese and crackers, okay? <laughs> but here's what social media has done. Social media says, yeah, we're just kicking it for a little while. And before you know it, hours and hours and hours and hours go by. You, all you're doing is swiping. All you're doing is scrolling. But before you know it, all that's happening to you is your whole 16 waking hours are running by because you're looking at somebody else's house. Or you're looking at somebody else's family. Or you're looking at somebody else's body. Or you're looking at somebody else's money. Or you're looking at, and before you know it, your whole life, all your hours are gone by. Because you're looking at a screen. You're doing it. Your kids are doing it. Your babies are doing it. Because we're getting them addicted to it. And here's the worst part. We push them to it because we don't want to be bothered. No, hold, on. They, they, hold on. Hold on. One second. Hold on. No, online. These, these people right here, they mad at me. Hold on. Let's talk to them a little bit. <laughs> We're doing it to ourselves. Because when, hey, mom, hey, dad, what's up, what's up, what's up? This is obviously before they reach like 13, 14. Because after that, they don't want to have nothing to do with you no more. So this is them times, right? Ah, and they're asking for everything. And they're like, oh, my God, I just want a little bit of sanity. So you say, here you go, computer. Look at it and fill your brain with it and get addicted to it. So I can have some peace and quiet. If I'm telling the truth, put your hands together. Now, now it gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse. Because what we don't realize is that your cell phone is like a slot machine. Every time you pick this up, I want you to remember picking up a slot machine. So let me teach you about slot machines right now. Let me tell you something about this. This is important. Slot machines, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> slot machines, listen, make more money than baseball movies, and theme parks combined. Together, more money than all of them. Why? Because they have figured out how to get you addicted. They have figured out what you love, and they say, here we go now. They say, yep. And you say, here's what you're saying in your mind. when you, I know some of y'all have been to Choctaw Casino. I know, I know. You, and this, this is what you say. You get so addicted, you don't even realize. You say, big money, big money, big money, big money, big money, big money. And then this you, this you, this you. Trying to, trying to get triple seven. I don't even know what that means. But you're trying to get some. You're trying to get some. And you, become, and you, you don't have no money in the bank, but you're taking out all your money. And then they make you win at one time. And then you be like, ooh. And then all of a sudden, you think you're going to beat the system. You don't beat the system. By the way, even if you beat it one day, you're going to come back 
and you ain't going to beat it the next day. And they have figured out how to get you addicted to wanting to keep on coming. Well, then guess what? TikTok, Instagram, Meta, uh, Snapchat, uh, all of them. Guess what they have done? The same thing. They've figured out how to get you addicted. So now, when you hear the notification, you be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to miss out. I wonder if I'm missing something. I want to be first to know. So let me see who it is. So you leave your notification on, and every time, it just plays with your mind, and you're like, ooh, I wonder what this is. Ooh, I wonder what this is. Ooh, I wonder what this is. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And don't be on Tinder, because if you're on Tinder, oh Lord, somebody, done. thank you, Holy Spirit. You done blessed me with a person. And some of you so crazy, tell the truth, shame the devil. Some of you so crazy, you be, you be on your knees praying and the phone go off and it's Tinder and then you link it to God setting you up. This must be God. I'm on my knees and God blessed me with her. So now praise the Lord. You it. Don't read gnarly a thing. Don't read nothing. Just talking about thank you, Holy Spirit. They have designed this the same way they designed this. To make sure that you keep coming back. Do you know why you have that little, if you have one of those little um, um, uh, mouse, so either you have the little pad where you just, you don't have to move your hand anymore. You don't have to lift it up anymore. You just keep moving and, and you can do this all day. You know, if you have the little mouse with a little ball, the same thing. You, you, they designed it that way so that you don't have to move your hand because they don't want you to work too hard. Just, just move your hand and you can go wherever you want. You know, by the way, some of y'all, <coughs> some of y'all looking at this saying, no, uh-uh, that's not how slot machines go no more. You don't, you don't have no lever. You know, lever, that's old school. Anybody have no lever? All you got to know is a button. It's just a button. That's it. That's it. Anybody, anybody doing none of this, they're just pressing a button. And that button will determine whether or not you win. Why? 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 Because they want to make it as easy as they can to get you to sit your tail at that machine and keep looking. They do the same thing with the phones. That is why if you're scrolling and you like money and you like making money, guess what? They're going to send you Dave Ramsey. They're going to send you, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, v, 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 um, Gary V. They're going to send you uh, all of them. And all of a sudden, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. No, you haven't read your Bible that much. But all of a sudden, you scrolling all day long. By the way, you don't have to feel bad about it. It happened to me all the time. <laughs> Over the last year, I've learned so much about money. Because I'll be like, oh, yeah, I need to have a holding company. Then I need to have the holding company. No, I need to have the trust. And the trust need to own the holding company. And then the holding company need to own the LLC or the S-Corp. And then the S-Corp <laughs> need to own... Y'all tripping like it's me alone. Y'all tripping like it's me alone. <laughs> so much so that I had to get off because I was spending more time with this than with the Bible. Watch it now. Hey, ladies, 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 ladies. Shh. Go look at your phone. I just want to talk to the men for a moment. Ladies, don't listen, don't listen, don't listen. Just the men right now. Fellas, 
I had to get off of Instagram. Because Instagram is designed, used to be, designed for pictures. Not just my pictures. <laughs> Other people's pictures too. Ladies, you're not supposed to be listening. I'm just talking to the fellas. Fellas, come here. Fellas, school up, fellas. School, school. So then, fellas, I've been looking at, I've been looking at, um. Come on, bro. Preach. Pictures. And then the problem is, the problem is, problem is, then they made, they don't like the pictures anymore because TikTok whipping them. So they say, we need the reels. So now the pictures move. <laughs> ladies, you're supposed to be looking at your phone. Quit being in our conversation, ladies. Man, I'm just talking to the brothers in the house. Brothers. So then, brothers, the more I looked, the more they start to move. The more they start to move, brothers. Why y'all leaving me out there? Can you say, preach, pastor? Preach. Say it, pastor. Is it only me? Is it only me? If, if there's another brother that ain't afraid of his wife to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, say amen. amen. Now, ladies, stop laughing for a moment. I want to hear them because they tripping now. I'm not saying you got to come off of it. I'm saying I had to. Because I had to, I, I, want to, I want to have more word intake than images intake. If there's a brother in here that can say amen, ladies, don't say nothing. I want to hear if there are any men with me. And if. <laughs> These brothers in here are either scared of their wives or just lying. Just lying. Just lying. Because when they flipped it, and made it and made it into reels to compete with TikTok, it changed the game. And by the way, if you look one time, they will feed you for the rest of your life. <laughs> y'all ain't real. I'm good. Y'all ain't real. You can keep being fake all you want. <laughs> one more thing, then I move on. I'm gonna move on. Some of the ladies. Can you move on? I'm, one more, one more. Even when you press not interested, they won't be interested for two days. Because they know you're just trying to love Jesus. So they're going to give you a break for two days, then they're going to start bringing them slowly back. Am I talking to anybody in here? I still hear way too many ladies clapping and not enough brothers. But it's okay, brothers. All right, let's, let's, hey, I have some notes to go through. Let's go through these notes. Come on. Um, so there are four types of exiles. Um, the Barnard Group did a research um, where they talked about why the 70% left the church. And then they now talk about why, why that 30% stayed and what it looks like. In the next two weeks, I want to talk about why these 30% stayed and especially why the 10% of a group they call resilient disciples, how they were like Daniel and they made it through and God sent him into Babylon. So I wanted to know what do we need to do to help the next generation and you go into Babylon and thrive. I want to make sure Babylon ain't changing us, we changing Babylon. Let's see if we can get through it. Four groups. Group number one, 
is the prodigals. And you know, it's group number one is the prodigals. 20, 22% of them, this is up to 30% now, 22% of them no longer identify themselves as Christians. They're done. They're like, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Oftentimes the reason is because, it, because they saw in their parents a phony faith. So they don't want to be a part of that anymore, so they're done. Next one, number two. Then there is the nomads. 30% identify as Christians but have not attended church in a month. A vast majority of them have not attended in six months. That's nomads. These are the, this is the 30% that said they stayed. Some of them haven't attended church. They come to church on Easter, back to school, Christmas. The third, watch this one now. The third one. The third one is the habitual churchgoers. They go to church habitually. Watch it. 30% of them have attended a church in the past month when no football is, no, that's not what it says. Um, yet, yet do not have core beliefs of behaviors associated with being intentionally engaged disciples. Are you, are you tracking with me here, gentlemen and ladies? Here's what they're saying. They're saying, I'm doing what my mama is doing. I'm doing what my daddy's doing. They just, they just habitually go because they know their mama would turn in the grave if they didn't go. They just go into church just because they don't want God to zap them. They just know if they don't go to church, God might get them. So they just, let, me just, let me just check the box. But, but, it, but it's not a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. They habitually go because it's the right thing. What else are you going to do on Sunday? Even though the NFL says, I'm going to own Sunday. To which, in September, when the games start, some of you are going to prove them right. Because Babylon is going to say, you don't need to go there. Come worship in Jerry's world. And again, I'm not, don't go too far now. I'm not saying football's bad. It's not. I go to game. I love game. Everybody should. Come on. It's a great game. But make sure you modeling that there's something more important than that game. That's all. He's giving you to enjoy. Just make sure you're modeling that. The last one, the last one is a 10%. In your notes, watch it. The last one, these are called resilient. How did they thrive in Babylon? Here it is. 10%. Only 10. Attend church at least monthly. Trust firmly in the authority of the Bible. Committed to Jesus firmly and express desire to transform the broader society as an outcome of their in other words, they're all in for God. And they're saying, I exist to make a difference in this world. They won't change me. I will change them. My question for you is, are you a part of that 10%? Because here's what we're doing in our student ministry. Now we're saying to our students, we're saying, I want you, the 10%, to go back and make a difference. Because like attract like. So I want them to go disciple their own friends so we can release them to these schools so they can wear their faith boldly in every last one of these high schools around here. So when they go off to college and it's 10 times that, except for Allen, and it's 10 times their high school, then they can walk around boldly finding people who think like them and who live out their faith for the glory of God. Can I get a witness, somebody? Turn your page over. So now, turn the page over. So now, what's the strategy? What is Babylon trying to really do? Uh, there are three A's. No, I'll go to this next one first. There are three A's. They're trying to assess. They're trying to, number two, they're trying to alienate, and they're trying to use this thing called authority. Let me show you what they're trying to do. Number one, 
they're trying to give you more access than ever before. And that's what the phone does. It gives you more access than ever before. You get to learn. The world is at your fingertips. And what they want you to do is be so overwhelmed with knowledge that you know anything you want to know, you can know immediately. Listen, this is so important. Which is why what they're saying to us now is, your identity? Mm-mm. God don't determine that. You determine that. And you determine it whenever you want to. And it can be whatever you want it to be. And if you don't like it today, you can change it tomorrow. And if you don't like it tomorrow, you can change. What do you feel like today? Do that. Do you see how Babylon has showed up? So now you don't have kids walking around saying, I'm a child of the living God. He fashioned me in his own image and he created me uniquely. There's not another person like me and God wanted it that way. And he gave me gifts, gave me gifts and abilities to use to be a blessing to other people because the world is not all about me. That doesn't happen. You've got to train them up in that, which means you've got to, which means you got to be that way. Oh, I could stay there for a little while, which means you got to be there. That's who you got to be. That means the world can't be just around about you. That means everything in your house mustn't just be, well, this is the only way it's going to be or else you just have to deal with it. Then the world is all about you too. No, you just modeled for them. And then you look later on and say, how did they get and become this monster? Maybe because you're a monster. Everybody else, the last three, uh, the last two months just pumped you up, didn't they? That's good. That's good. <laughs> Let's get back to reality. <laughs> We got to be careful because we're creating the very thing we don't want. Y'all, I have to be careful. I do it all the time. Last week, no, seriously, not last week, yesterday. Yesterday, the whole family got up early. We went to a little soccer field and we're doing some soccer drills. Jada's over there, ain't never played soccer in her life. She's trying to do, she's doing her very best, y'all. She's trying. She over there, the kids are doing, what a great time, right? Hour, hour and 10 minutes. It was hot, everybody's sticky, stinky, nasty. And then we said, okay, okay, okay. It's a, we, we do this thing called, it's a yes, it's a yes moment. Where do you want to go to breakfast? The kids, McDonald's. <laughs> I know, don't judge me, I know some of you go to Salada, and some of you, some of your kids go to Whole Foods for breakfast, and some of you kids, yeah, I know, we go to McDonald's. Uh, so we're going, we're on the way to McDonald's, and then they start getting some, this really did happen, they start getting some fights, and then they said, hey everybody, no more talking till you get your food. Is that all right? If you're talking, no McDonald's. Okay, cool. So they're doing great. They're doing great. They're doing phenomenal. We get in the line, two lines, one of them big old McDonald's. In two lines, we get in one. We're about to be served. <laughs> oh, you know where I'm going. One of these knuckleheads said, well, um, true story. Oh, you know what happened in my car after that. I come out of the line and I'm driving back home. <laughs> like somebody is killing them. I got home. I can't believe it. What kind of dad are you? 
What kind of dad are you? No dad does this to their kids. No dad does. It's just a right. No joke. Pastor Matt calls me in the midst of this foolishness. I said, what's up, dude? I, I mean, I'm trying to take. And all he said, no, not like this. Oh. <laughs> he said, dude, what are you doing to your kids, dude? Long story, bro. Long story. Get off my phone. Goodbye. I'll call you back. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is our problem. Everything in me wanted to go get a McDonald's. Everything in me. Everything in me wants to, you know what, oh, let's just give it to them. Oh, at least they, at least they said they're sorry. Oh. No, for real. So, so at first I said, okay, let's just turn back and go get it. They'd learn their lesson. I said, no, I was good. So then they went up and they both of them marched up to their room. Like they're going to die, like they cannot breathe. about to pass out. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay, Jada, I'm going to go get him. I mean, they, they learned their lesson, don't they? Don't you think they learned their lesson? She'd be like, maybe. <laughs> I never got him. Never got him. But everything in me wanted to save them. Everything. It still hurts. Now, I'm going to get him at McDonald's today. <laughs> Oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God. We are creating kids that are so spoiled. They can break the rule and still get what they want. If you've ever done that way, if you've ever, your kids break the rule and you still bless them. Hold on. I don't have time for y'all. Let's go. <laughs> Number two, let's go, let's go, let's go. For real, for real, let's get out of here. Alienation, they took him out of Babylon. And then authority, they didn't want them to follow God's authority. They wanted them to follow Nebuchadnezzar's authority. Next one, let's go. Then, what were they after? Their head, wanted to change the head. Then they wanted to change their heart. Then they wanted to change their habits. Do you know what digital Babylon wants to do to you? Change the way you think change what moves you and change the habits you have and it's working to perfection that's why we question everything now because it's working to perfect what are these five things as you go out today when you leave you're gonna get them so let's go let's see if we can be done with it today here we go number one and then i'm done i'm gonna give you five of them then we'll talk more about them next week number one personal relationship with god that is an intimate conversational relationship with God. Number two, cultural discernment. This is important. You must teach your kids everything they watch. They must know who the, who the writer was and what their worldview was and what they're trying to train, what this movie is all about and what's the agenda of the movie to change your head, your heart, and your habits. If you don't train them how to do so, then they're going to take everything as gospel and they're going to believe everything that comes to them and you would not have trained them in righteousness. You got to train them. First of all, that means you got to know how to do it. So you don't just watch something now because it's black. 
I don't have time. I'm done. Number, 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 three, number three. Pastor Matt looking at me crazy. It's time to go. Uh, meaning, ooh, meaningful relationships. One thought on this. Put the word intergenerational relationships. Listen to me, old saints of God. The Bible demands that you are a mother and a father. And we, you think it's time for you to go on some cruise? You think it's time for you to just float into retirement? No, no, no. That is in a world that's Babylon-centered. But in a world that's Christ-centered, you got to know, come back and help the next generation. You don't have nothing to do? Are you kidding me? You got to say, give me five of them kids. I want to mentor them. Because you have learned the lessons that we need to learn so that you can pour into us. Don't there tell me you don't have nothing to do. The church don't do nothing for you. Then you do something for the church. Yeah. It's a big one because we need your lessons. We need the principles of life that you have learned, that you have the scars to show for it. We need it for real. Next one, number four, is be oof, believe in vocational calling. Listen, there are seven, there are seven spheres of influence. You know, you have government, you have media, you have um, family, you have church, you have education, you have all of them. When you're raising a kid, you must raise that kid to know that it's their job to go after whatever God's put on their heart, whatever sphere of influence. But you go there with an agenda. And that agenda is people don't know Christ and they need to become to know him. That's exactly what my leadership coach does. He goes in these countries with the front door of leadership. But don't get it twisted. Leadership is only the driver. So he has developed a relationship to tell them about Jesus. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you're a nurse practitioner. I don't care if you're a teacher in the school. Your job is to know that I'm not just a teacher. I'm a Christian teacher who is there to teach them what the curriculum says I should teach them and honor that. But when I see a kid that I know can be transformed by Jesus, I can't shut up. I got to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. Last one is, last one is a countercultural mission. That's where you're simply telling people, Babylon will not, I'm not going to sit on the sideline and cower in the presence of Babylon. I'm going to say, as for me and my house, we're going after yes. countercultural, and we're going in the center of the city to tell the city about Jesus, Amen. the Christ. Can I get a witness, somebody? Amen. All right, now.